Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea Repeat pod. On today's pod, we look back at an extremely frustrating 2-2 draw with Everton at the bridge. We tap into our mental thermometers for regular form temperature checks. And finally, we review the narrative to see if any of our predictions from a few weeks back came to fruition. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. How's it going, boys? It's going all right. Still trying to process the uh, the disappointment of Saturday, to be honest. But um, I'm sure we'll unpack that all in uh, today's episode. Yeah, there's nothing like uh, the international bacon. You've been diced for two weeks. You know, you've got to mull over that. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> the international bacon's are bad enough without, uh, you know, uh, Ellis, whatever his name was scoring in the last minute. So, um, yeah, not ideal. But this season is this season, right? Just another bump in the road. Ellis Sims is his name. Yeah. yeah 22 got... years old. He was on loan at Sunderland uh, yeah. at the start of the season. And they nice, sent him... uh, Seven goals in 17 appearances for them on fire and uh, recalled by Super Frank. Ready to, uh, ready to start up front for Everton. So for Frank, Frank's done us then, basically. Frank has done us in a way. Well, we've sort of done ourselves. Well, Koulibaly's done us, really. Koulibaly's but... fault. It's Lampard's fault. Oh, no, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. All, yeah. all makes well, sense well, now. Well, well let's, <laughs> let's take a look at it. I think we were going to rename this pod Sliced and Diced. Um, <laughs> We, we've <laughs> so possession. That's good, isn't it? Sixty-eight uh, percent possession for us. It was a strong game for us in terms of controlling most of the game. Mm. Um, Eighty-two percent pass accuracy. Uh, six shots on target out of nineteen. Uh, I think Kepp was only we only made one save out of the three uh, shots that were on target for um, for Everton. Um, it was a, a a bit of a sour taste left in the mouth on Saturday. How do you see it go down, Craig? A really disappointing game, obviously. I, I, I thought that a lot of people are talking, reflecting on this game as if we sort of played pretty well and, and got unlucky. I, I don't really see it as that. I, I thought the management of the game in the second half was absolutely atrocious. The substitutes, the, the performance, the sort of attitude on the pitch in the last 10 minutes. 2-1 up, trying to hold on to, to a goal against a really bad team. Yeah, a one-goal advantage. The the build-up to the goal actually comes from loss of possession from Chukwemenka and Chilwell and, and Gallagher in the, the triangle in the third of the, of the top left of the pitch. It gets booted forward by Iwobi, um to Kepa. And for some reason, unknown to, to me, and hopefully unknown to Graham Potter, although I'm not sure if this is tactical advice or not he just sort of hoofs it forward to the to the top right of the pitch where there is no Chelsea player within about 20 meters of of where he's kicked the ball so just completely gives possession away for for no reason and that's you know 20 seconds later Everton play it through and and obviously Ellis Sims who we've already referred to picks up the ball and and waltzes past Kaladu Kulabali in absolutely embarrassing fashion for Kulabali and puts the ball in the centre of the goal <laughs> and somehow <laughs> Kepa lets that in as well. So, yeah, I don't know, just a calamity of, of bizarre decisions and errors. And, and yeah, we, we drop two valuable points, really, at home, if you, if you consider Chelsea making some sort of charge up the table or going into the in- international break with some sort of uh, massive uptick in form with four, four wins in a row. Yeah, I mean... 
Koulibaly went from turning his Chelsea career around to getting uh, turned inside out by that uh, Ellis Sims. I mean, it was... Uh, and he was more like... It wasn't Kepa the goalkeeper. It was more like Casper the ghosting goal. He just went straight through him. I mean, I, I was sitting right at the angle where he shot and he thought, right, he's going to... Because as soon as he shot, you, you, see, you, you see he didn't hit it clean. I thought, he's going to save this. It just went right through him. Yeah, and like the disgust in the ground was... Uh, was really measurable and just yeah it was a really disappointing result obviously and another bit appealed to take under Potter I mean uh it's just in terms of the first half I thought the first half was pretty good to be honest might disagree with Craig a little bit there I thought Felix kind of uh he he kind of ran the show really obviously a lot of flicks and tricks I got the crowd up and um yeah a lot of I have to say under Potter there's a lot of like fluid attacking movement up until the last like 30 yards and in the last last 30 yards we are what we are we just can't seem to get you know have that cut cutting edge but i thought overall like we were pretty fluid and um you know we had 20 shots 20 shots seven on target but we should have won the game but there's just a little bit of um i don't know like sort of um let me just begin like i thought like arrogance kind of thing like like i Potter was acting like the subs that he made will we'll go to the subs. Like if he was acting like he was two 0 up, like if that we're only one 0 up, and he you know he bought Gallagher, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But there was a little bit of arrogance to the Portman. I didn't see the, that that cutting edge, that killer edge that we need to like finish off games. And obviously this season's well now obviously top four was like the very slim chances that we had top four are pretty much gone now. But um, ne- going into next season, we really need to see that more a bit of cutting edge, killer edge because there is a bit of niceness and sort of. I don't know, not, I wouldn't say arrogance, but just, yeah, just a sort of like, um, not not like a killerness to like this team. So, yeah, worrying. Yeah, as you said, it was it was nil-nil at the break. and um, But we did break the deadlock just quite quickly into the second half. Um, Joao Felix, as I'm saying that right, um, who, you know, we talked about before, when the game's a bit more open, he struggles a bit getting back and stuff, but thought he was excellent in the game generally, um, where Everton was sat back and he, he, he moved into some nice pockets of space, as you mentioned, Brady, and some nice flicks and tricks, but a really, yeah. really good goal um, to to unlock um, unlock uh, the defence. He, he hit the post again, but this time it went in. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, it was a nice ball from Enzo as well, the diagonals yeah. that he plays uh, to Chile, and that came to him, but really, really nice finish. And um, we see, I thought we would kick on from there, but a bit of nervousness from the from the corners creeping back in. I think I saw we conceded, I think seven goals from corners, which um, I think is the joint third most. So I think it's uh, nine in all competitions from set pieces this year. Is it? Yeah, I mean, we're we're a lot. we're in with the likes of Leicester, Forest, and Southampton for oh, Leicester, conceding Leicester, from corners. To be in with Leicester is not good. Um, one one thing I thought was quite good was our sort of reaction from conceding the goals. I thought we were quite positive to go back down the other end and try and force something. I think we saw that with the second goal, and even after we conceded the uh, sorry with the the first goal, um, and we definitely saw that with the second goal as well. We, we we were pushing them right to the end in injury time, so there was some good reactions after we conceded. But ultimately, the goals we conceded were were quite basic and. Everton didn't really have to do much to score, I think, which was disappointing. Yeah, I mean, like, in terms of, like, Everton, I think what happened was they brought a bit of uh, height and physicality on the pitch. I think they kind of just went, it's kind of the oldest trick in the book. They were just hoofing it long and just trying to win corners. And obviously, we, 
I mean, Potter said in his uh, presser afterwards that it was like you know very disappointing to, to concede from a set piece because they pre- prepared for it all week and uh, Chilwell alluded to that as well. But I mean, it was one of the only ways they were going to score. I mean, they he missed a sitter, I think Michael Keane, just before that uh, header, and that was like kind of the warning shot. But they didn't really listen and. Obviously, Kepper with corners. I mean, we'll talk about Kepper obviously a little bit later and whether he's going to be good enough for the club going forward. I don't think he caught a corner for like the first two and a half seasons of his Chelsea career. (laughs) Yeah, he never even attempted to come for corners for a long Mm. time. No, Um, I don't think the uh, the first goal was particularly his fault, but he's not commanding, is he? And uh, that's something that you miss with Mendy. I mean, that's what's disappointing about the goal, actually. Like that that goal, the, the the second Everton goal is one that Kepper usually is good at. Like low shots near him, he's pretty good at that. That's something maybe, maybe Mendy would struggle at. So um, yeah, for Kepper to let that in is a real. It will tarnish him in a, in a time when Mendy's now fit, and there's a lot of debate on on Twitter online about who we're going to go with in terms of going forward. But um, yeah, really disappointing, you know, moment for both goals. Really, I think I think we should really give Mendy a chance when he comes back. I don't think. Kepper has been so impressive that we can't give Mendy a chance. He's uh, he he's done well for us in the past, Mendy, and, and sort of been completely mm. iced out now this season and not even mentioned really. And Kepper has not performed well. Let's face it. So yeah, I, I would definitely give Mendy a chance. The only thing with Mendy is is like Potter. I think I think that's why you like Robert Sanchez. And Robert Sanchez has actually been dropped now over at Brighton. I think he's been replaced by Steele. We've been linked with him, so we'd actually be linked to the Brighton number two, which isn't ideal. But um, there aren't many goalkeepers that I can think of. No, I mean, no, there's not. Dio, Diogo Costa. I mean, we talked, we talked about Raya. I, I, I talked about it last week. It's very dangerous, like kind of buying. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying we should stick with what we've got, but obviously got that young youth prospect, Selena, uh, the American kid, and he looks like really good. I mean, it's I think a lot of people think that he, he there's a chance that he's going to be a, a top goalkeeper. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, Chris, you're referencing Diogo Costa, not related to Diego Costa. <laughs> an over no, if, he's a, if he's a, as aggressive coming out for corners as uh, Costa was attacking them, then we'll be all right. <laughs> but yeah, he he's yeah. got some good reviews at Porto this year, and and it's definitely a possibility for us. It's always, I mean, every, every, um, we've had some real like bad transfer variants, obviously, recently with Lukaku. We've had some like, I think Chelsea have like, actually made some technically decent transfers recently and just gone wrong. There is so much variance and luck in buying a goalkeeper, though. I mean, you know, there's, they, they are error prone. I mean, even someone like Addison, fantastic goalkeeper, he is prone to errors, obviously, in the last Champions League, in the last 16 against Real Madrid, he made that error. They're prone to errors, so, but obviously, Kepa. Just you know, he's got he's got a lot of history, a lot of blood in the water in terms of errors. So yeah, uh, Saturday was not good for him by any stretch. We we saw Conor Gallagher come on. He got 29 minutes. He was the first sub um, to enter the pitch, um, and then it was sort of a cameo of random people towards the end: Loftus Cheek, Chikwemenka, and Trevor Chalobah. What did we think of the subs that were made in the game? Obviously, it's been highlighted previously on this pod um, around Potter's in-game management for subs. Do we think that this Gallagher sub's any good? Um, I think there's a place for this Gallagher sub, and it's probably with about 15 minutes to go when you're two goals up. Yeah, that, that's where uh, you know you we would place that that substitute as something that might work and and has worked to be fair in the in the past couple of weeks. Some later subs. Him coming on at that time in the game for for Pulisic, who I thought had a really poor game anyway, but mm. the 
Gallagher coming on for him just completely changes the way we attack. Pulisic, despite losing the ball a number of times in the game and giving the ball away actually with passes a number of times in the game and only completing one of five crosses, he at least is positive on the ball. Whereas I feel like Conor Gallagher has not got that ability to, to be as positive on the ball, hasn't got the ability to, to take on players, doesn't even attempt that, that sort of thing. So Everton immediately can, can rule those sort of things out and sort of defend a bit more aggressively. Felix and Havertz, uh, Felix w- takes players on, but Havertz is, as we've talked about in this podcast before, doesn't really successfully take players on either. So there is really no threat from from these guys to to do anything yeah. uh, unexpected, and and also just so many players on the pitch that can't score a goal. Fernandez, obviously, we haven't seen he, he can score a goal. We, we haven't seen it. Kovacic has scored against uh, Leicester, but in general, doesn't score goals. The back three obviously don't score goals. Chilwell and yeah. James can chip in as wing backs. And then you've got Gallagher, again, not renowned goal scorer. And then Felix and Habert. So the team, it doesn't feel, when you read out that team, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel balanced. It doesn't feel like a team that can defend and attack. It feels like a team that really invites pressure. And that's what we've seen at home to Everton. We've seen it at home to Dortmund. Very shaky, despite Dortmund being a, atrocious in the game for the first 50, 60 minutes. We invited pressure on ourselves with our tactics. We saw it at Leeds at home, 1-0. We sort of hung on again at the end. We invite teams on with our style of play at the end of games, and, and that has to be a result of either the manager or a group of players that are very, very low on, on confidence, and, and I've got a feeling it's the, the prior. Yeah, I think we've seen... It wasn't quite like the Palace game, or I can't remember what the other one was now. Um, Leeds. But yeah, Leeds. It wasn't quite like that, I don't think. I don't think Everton were, you know, we weren't all sat in the box heading, you know, crosses out from deep. So it was a bit different in that sense, but there was an air of nervousness, I felt, where we couldn't keep the ball and there was always a risk that something could happen from somewhere. And I guess if you're psychologically you're thinking like that and you feel like it's in there with the crowd as well. Things like this can happen, and there's a bit of a soft underbelly for this Chelsea team that's been present for a while, where mm. when the going gets tough, um, the tough get going, and they, they seem to fold like a deck of cards. So something has to be done about that, and I think the, the key to success in the last 10 minutes of the game and, and trying to retain, you know, keep keep wins is, unfortunately, you know, you need to do a bit, little, little bit of a dirty side of the game, a bit of time-wasting, keep the ball, you know, try and get it into good areas of the pitch and, and make your passes. You've got to run a bit more. And it was all just a bit unenergetic at the end. And it felt like we were sort of just waiting for the final whistle. Can we talk about really it as well after the, after the goal? We had a sub in hand. We didn't change anything. They, were still, they scored, I think, in the 88th minute, 89th minute maybe. And... There's five minutes added on. I know obviously it's not a long time and not much to criticise, but that last six minutes of the game just didn't seem to be any urgency. Why Why don't you get someone off the bench then just to inject something more? I mean, you've got Chukwamenka and Gallagher supporting Havertz. It's, a, it's appalling. That's just not good enough. That's never going to ever scare opponents, is it? Even opponents as bad as Everton. I, I just don't understand how, how we, we end up in a situation like that. I mean, 
I am a simple fan sometimes. You boys are much more stat-driven than I am. I like the stats. But for me, you just bring off Pulisic and Felix and you bring on Woodrick and Meloweke. I, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't see... I Sorry, don't I, don't know, I don't think you need to be a stats-based person to see that. As no, I, 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 what I mean it? is I'm a sort of like, right, you know, square, square, square bits and square bits. Like, just, just put them in. I don't... I, don't, I mean, Meloweke, it's like he's forgotten. He's like forgotten we've signed him. And I know we've signed a lot of players. And, like, you know, it's kind of like... You know, I've, I've actually, he's actually forgotten he's playing. I mean, the guy can't get a minute. And, I mean, we'll talk about Mudrick. I mean, Mudrick, I don't know if he's dating one of the coach staff, his daughter or something. Like, he's like the bad boy of the club. He can't get a minute uh, either. So it's just like, he starts against Leicester and he just doesn't, doesn't get a minute. I mean, with Gallagher, what Gallagher, I mean, it's interesting actually, because I was sitting in the Matthew Harding upper. And what Gallagher brings, especially I'll say to the old school fans, he brings that bit of energy and oomph and like he, he tackles the ball, he gets the crowd up. He, had, he actually had a good run, I think, down the left where he, he beat three or four players. But there was no end product. And I can see why he brings Gallagher on in terms of energy. But like yeah. I, 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 but I, I, I think in isolation, that Gallagher sub, you can't really be too critical of it. I, 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 obviously, retrospectively, you can. Maybe it was a bit early, but it's the other subs that I don't understand at all. Mm. Yeah, eighty fifth minute bringing Chukwemenko on. Like, what is the? Yeah. I just don't understand what the point of that is. And I, and I know maybe like you want to include all the members of the squad or whatever, and and this sort of to get that. But like, does five minutes make him happy? I just don't think it does. I just don't think it's of any importance at all. And and Chukwemenko, a very young player, potentially will be good. Obviously, they're trying to convert him from centre midfield to to wing or whatever they're trying to do with him. He should be on loan. He shouldn't be part yeah. of the first team squad. So I just don't understand why he's getting minutes in, in a, a massive moment with a one-goal lead at home to a team that's desperate for, for points. Like, why is he playing? Do you remember when, like, under Sari, like, he'd always bring on Kovacic or Barkley, whoever's playing at 60 minutes, <laughs> all this every time. Yeah. It's like that. Like, every game he's going to bring Gallagher on 60 minutes, it feels like. like and Gallagher looks a bit like Mad- uh, Mudrick from a distance. You think, oh, he's bringing Mudrick on. Oh, no, it's Gallagher. It's just... Yeah, I just don't understand. And it, it shows a bit more of a macro sense, like, just a talking point in terms of the board. It shows that, like, there isn't this uh, definitive cohesion in recruitment. I, I cannot, you cannot tell me that Madaweke was a potter by. He's, he's barely played him. And Mutriki doesn't seem to fancy at all. So these are, like, huge, like, really exciting buyers. And he's buying players who, like, probably are going to be linked to being loaned or, sell, or, or sold. I mean, why he started Christian Pulisic, I have no idea. So, I, don't, I don't like the idea of obviously when you're talking about a Potter buy. I, I don't think Graham Potter is involved in in the recruitment in the same way that I don't think any top manager at any top club is involved. He's involved in in the sense of he'll get his opinion. Isn't it supposed on, to be like everyone talks under Bowley, Everyone talks to everyone. Everyone talks to everyone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sorry, it, I'm sure there's communication between recruitment, but he's not yeah. actually involved in actually the recruitment of the players. Just like Tuchel was and and uh, under Abramovich, and just like. Every top club, like I said, a manager is is not involved heavily in the recruitment of players, especially a player like Madueke, who's one for the future. Really, he's just signed as as a as a good buy and someone who's potentially going to offer us something in the future. I mean, he's, he's prioritising players who, for me, are either going to be loaned or sold. Um, so, I, like, you know, in terms of Pulisic, I mean, we all pretty much think that Pulisic is going to be, you know you know, going out the exit door and he's starting over Mudrick, who's just been bought and he's just in a really exciting prospect, like the fast, basically the fastest player in the world and really exciting. And Christian Pulisic is just, basically he's pretty washed. I mean, since he's, he's had so many injuries, he's, he, you know, he's obviously not going to live up to potential that he first had, you know, before the lockdown, in the lockdown period. So, 
it's just it's a, lot, a lot of confusing decisions by Potter, and obviously just struggling to like spin all the plates in the club. And we get we get that like it's a big squad, but you do wonder even if he has a smaller squad, is he going to make the right tactical decisions in big games next season? Because uh, it looks like you know he's going to. And it, barring a c- catastrophe in terms of results, it does look like he's going to be here at the start of next season. So, yeah, just worrying going forward. Just, I was going to say, do you want a quick word on Everton? Obviously, uh, a really good point for them. Um, Dyche, I think he's done a, a fantastic job. Uh, Everton, he's he's got them organised. Um, home form probably going to determine if they stay up, but the picking up points away is pretty much gold dust for them. Three wins out of four at home and two draws on the road. Definitely good survival form. What do we what do we make of Everton? Uh, I mean, I think they were quite surprised at like the amount of respect we gave them in the second half. I think they, I mean, after the second goal, I think they see that we could go and press them with three four one. But like, like I said, they brought a lot of height and physicality on. They're good at what they're good at. Right? They're good at set pieces. I thought they did like selective pressing pretty well. I, I sit pretty high up in the Matthew Harding upper. And they do do some good selective pressing. I thought Decore was really good for him. He was actually leading the press at times. Um, so they work really hard and they work well as a unit. I mean, under Daesh, obviously with a home form, and they pick up the odd point away, and well, maybe uh, win away the way they played. But yeah, I think Gray, I think Damari Gray is like easily their best player, which probably tells you like man for man that they really haven't got the quality, which makes it like so disappointing that we drop points. But let's be honest, I mean, Everton are what they are. I mean, they're probably just going to scrape by with Daesh and uh, survive. But yeah, we sh- we really should have won this game. But um, yeah, you've got to give credit to them. They stuck in there and they put it on us a bit. And and I think they I think they smelt blood a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I thought, like, like you said, I think the selective pressing was really good in the second half. You see that a lot from Everton teams. Where they sort of stay in the game. Or Everton teams, or Dice teams, I should say. They stay in the game a lot. And then second half, they, they did cause us a, a bit of problems with, with their pressing. I thought we couldn't get out at times. So yeah, um. Fair play to them. I thought they turned up and played well. And I know a few people had uh, issues with them massively celebrating at the end. And uh, you know they only got a point, but let's face it, that was a massive result for them. And I have absolutely no issue with them celebrating a trip down to London, five thirty on a Saturday. A lot of them would be heading back to Liverpool on at eight and wouldn't get home to gone midnight. And, and they had a great day getting a point at Stamford Bridge. And fair play. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, uh, no qualms with celebrating that. We we are going to the Champions League. Uh, something to celebrate from us, maybe. Um, we <laughs> the draw was made uh, last Friday, um, before the before the Everton game. Um, we well, it was. Uh, it wasn't it good. I was at work, and I, I looked. I looked in the WhatsApp chat, and Craig had written FFS somewhere. Right here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so so we've drawn Real Madrid. Uh, we will play them away uh, first. Yeah. Um, on on our side of the draw, Man City and Bayern Bayern Munich, not great news for us. On the other side of the draw, Benfica versus Inter and, and Napoli versus Milan. Obviously, Madrid knocked us out last year. We we kind of lost that game in the in the first leg from for a three one loss. Um, we did we did come back in the second leg to be fair, but I think the damage was done, and then obviously we lost an injury time. What do we make of the draw? Uh, obviously, it's is it as bad as it gets? Do we think? Yeah, I mean, it, it can't get any worse than that. I mean, we yeah. w- even if we managed to get through against Real Madrid, I actually wouldn't have minded us drawing Real Madrid in the quarters of the semis. I think we can beat Real Madrid over two legs. Yeah, I, I do think there's a chance, but 
yeah, the the nightmare scenario of having to play Bayern or Man City is the, is the two other best teams in it. Well, you could debate Napoli's better than Bayern, but the the you know it's a nightmare scenario for us and to, to have to play. We're likely going to have to beat Real Madrid, Man City, and then Napoli uh, to win the Champions League, and that's just that's a big ask for this team, and it's a big ask for uh, this team currently led by a manager that doesn't really look like he can manage games in 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 moments. So, yeah, I'm I'm not feeling good. The only thing I will say is. We've got there's a bit of magic with with Chelsea Football Club when it comes to this tournament. I mean, we've won it twice and we've nearly won it many times. Um, and you know, Kaya, Kaya was a quote recently. It was really interesting. So basically, we're a tournament team. I mean, Tuchel just drilled him into like a sort of knockout team. So they've still got that in their DNA. And but I mean, other than Rudiger and Christensen and a couple others, a lot of that core team is still there. You know, that feel that energy, and you can tell even in the Dortmund game. There's a bit there is some energy that like transcends Potter. I think. And like when you think about it, like Simon Johnson on their um, Straight Out of Cobham podcast, really good podcast, is like if out of the last eight halves of football we played with Real Madrid, we've probably been the best team in seven. So they're a team that are really good in moments, and if we can just reduce those moments and somehow keep Benzema quiet or Vinicius quiet in, in one leg, I think we've got a chance of beating Madrid. And it just keeps the season. The best thing about the Champions League at the moment as well is it keeps this season alive. And obviously, imagine if we were out now. I mean, we'd be kind of a uh, be a bit dusty in the podcast streets talking about you know like you know Villa at home when we're like tenth in the league. So there's a good energy about the team, and I think you know we can put all our eggs in basically that Champions League basket essentially because the league is essentially gone, obviously, for any sort of meaningful uh, conclusion. So I'm actually probably more confident than your average Chelsea punter, but maybe that's a uh, heart overhead there. <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's uh look we'll we'll always be competitive in this in this tournament. I don't think I think with our defensive record, I would hope that we would give most of these teams a good game, and we can obviously I mean try and nick a goal. But yeah, I think it's it's a big big ask as Craig said to to come through this. Probably likely play. Um, I don't think they're as strong as we think they are. I think I mean they're not going to. No, being... but we don't. We, it's not necessarily about them being strong. It's us not being confident and being at it at the right moments. And like Champions League is all about yeah. being being good at very certain moments. You know, you're playing games every three or four weeks potentially, and people might be injured, so we might get a bit of luck there. But I just don't think we've been going into a game like that. Like think about that Everton game. Going into that game. Where was the spirit for that? Like we saw against Dortmund, that needs to be there every time. And I, th- I think the team is. I disagree with that. Bit. I think this team is spirited. I don't. Th- I think they try. I think they run. I, just I, don't I agree th- with that. I, I think the I, issues I, mostly in the in, in the team right now are tactical and, and led yeah, by the manager. I, I don't think the actual team spirit and, and passion on the pitch is lacking at all. I think there's back. a massive confidence issue in this team, and I think it's going to rear its ugly head in the Champions League at some point. You you can see it in the last moments of the games. You can you can feel it in the stadium. This, 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 this team will will make a mistake at some point in one of these games. A, a good thing that um, in terms of the schedule is that we do have Liverpool a week before. I mean, not that like you know the Liverpool game is like particularly pivotal with position, but we do play a big have play a big game a week before the Real Madrid game. So we can sort of amp up to it, if that makes sense. So we play Villa April the 1st, and then um, 
the Liverpool at home uh, April the fourth, and then we play the first. We play the first leg on the twelfth of April. So that's quite. I think that's quite good schedule wise. And we can just put like you know we've got we've got Brighton. We've sorry, we've got Wolves four three four days before the first leg, and then Brighton three days before the second leg. And we, we can just rotate heavily and just put our eggs in that basket, like I said. So that might be to our advantage. So um, again, just trying to be probably overconfident, but. I don't know. I've just I've got a bit of a feeling about this. Uh, might be my well. If we talk about the narrative later, I probably don't want to talk. Listen to me, but I've got a bit of a feeling about this, Tyler. We might actually do it, but let's see. All right. Look forward to that. Yeah. Let's let's talk about a brand new section. Yeah, brand new section. To insert brand new section music at some point, but uh, yeah, with uh, well, social media obviously. We've got a Twitter account. Uh, Chris, what is our Twitter account? At Eat Sleep Chelsea. Don't forget yep, it. There you go. Catch us there. But basically, social media is everything these days. So I thought we'd do a little social media review section and uh, just discuss some of the most you know controversial Chelsea-related social media posts made after the game. They are the opposite or the antithesis of each other. And that <laughs> is why this new, social, this new uh, section is called Antisocial. So, well, clever. Very good. Very good. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, audience collapsed. Anyway, but like, we've got two tweets here uh, that oppose each other in opinion, and we're going to discuss what we think about them. The first is from a uh, very famous uh, Chelsea social media creator, Alex Goldberg. I think it's a- Alex Goldberg. And this is what he said after the game, uh, about an hour after the game. So it might have been a bit knee jerk. It won't happen, but if Chelsea wanted to sack Potter going into his actual break, I wouldn't complain. Discuss, boys. Well, I don't think anyone would complain. I, I, I really don't think Graham Potter has any one single massive fan in our fan base. I don't think there's any Chelsea fan I know, and obviously we, we're surrounded by them when we sit in the in our seats for the game and we, we chat to a lot of Chelsea fans. You know, I don't know a single fan that's that thinks that loves Graham Potter. So I, I don't think anyone would be bothered about Potter. And I know Alex was very, very strongly advocating sticking with him during our tough period in January. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, even he's turned... I mean, everyone's given up on, on Potter, really. If he turns out to be a good manager, it's a, it's a, it would be a, a bonus at this point. You know, I think really ever, everyone has given up. Chris? Yeah, I, I don't think it would upset almost anyone. It would be, it would be disappointing from a financial perspective. That's about it. Okay, so we just think nobody will complain. All right, next tweet uh, is Vince TM at uh, footy underscore booty. He's got nearly 400k followers, so we've got a few to go to get to reach those heights. Anyway, <laughs> even if uh, Chelsea win 10 games in a row and draw the 11th, this is after the 11 game as well, people will still find something negative to say about Potter. I get abused, losing followers, try to calm people and look at the positives. I won't stop now. We are down to correcting. To, we are down to correcting the, the minor details. Can't suck in now. Discuss, boys. I think it's an interesting one because I kind of see his point. I mean, if if Everton don't score in the 89th minute, I, I would have. It'd be interesting to see what everyone would have thought of the game had that not happened. It would have been very interesting. But on the flip side, I always think that managers deserve about six months. To see what they can do, because you you get you guaranteed to get a transfer window um, at that point as well. I haven't seen enough after six months to really 
Some would argue six months with a preseason. To be fair, wouldn't they? Maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, that's ideal. I don't. You know, when you, it's a very. It was a very strange sacking and, and hiring process. Like it's. It was quite unusual generally. But yeah, I think after six months, I kind of make my mind up, and my mind's sort of in the same place it was before, um, which is like not sure still, not yeah. not a hundred percent, but obviously optimistic. That's what you can hope for, really. It's interesting to say about minor details. I mean, I assume he means that we've got the system sorted now and maybe we're just making individual mistakes. But, yeah, I mean, what do, what do you think, Craig, about that tweet? I mean, I... The, the system sorted is... I mean, that's the formation we were playing <laughs> when we were managed by a different manager at the start of the yeah. season. So, I don't know, we've gone... We spent six months messing about and suddenly we're back to... Like, yeah, we've got the system sorted now. What do you think he means by minor details, though? You think? I, I, I don't know. I don't, obviously, he spent a lot of time, he said, calming the fan base. I don't, yeah. I don't think that there's any need for, for calm in football. You know, the, 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 the passion and the intensity that fans have, that's very normal. And, and the disappointment, huge disappointments of, of our worst run in, in our adult lifetime. I think that's fair enough to be frustrated. I don't think we need to be reassured or anything. I don't think Potter's going to be sacked. So I, 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 I'm not calling for him to be sacked either. I just, have to accept that that right now the club is where it's at and and it's very disappointing it's led by in my opinion the, the worst manager we've had for for a very long time and, and we're just i guess we just have to accept that we're stuck stuck with it at the moment yeah i mean difficult to argue with that well well boys that was uh that was antisocial two tweets and i'll we'll bring a we'll, we'll carry on this section if it's successful with some uh tweets of op- opposite opinions and just gauge won't always be chelsea uh um, social media. So, kind of so you have to decide a winner there, just because Alex Alex's tweet was good, and the other one. Yeah, I think bad. I think he's one on points there. Probably by knockout. To be fair. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I can't say that. I think Alex Alex is a very good uh, social media creator and uh, content creator, and yeah, he wins there. So, but we'll carry on. Won't always be social media. Chelsea social media uh, personalities might be journalists or uh, players or something like that. But yeah, cool. Sure, sounds good. Great new section, mate. Thank you. Lovely. Right, let's let's see where the temperatures are at. It's time to take some temperatures based on oh, some God. current player form or behaviour. It's always so maybe tough behavior. after a loss. Maybe behaviour. Um, so, I think Brady, you're you're first this week. Oh, right? Lovely, that's good time. I'm definitely last. I haven't been last for ages. Okay, we'll go. Okay, Brady, Brady, you, you, well, you boys got boiling hot as well. I'm not sure if I should bother. Oh, I guess I will. Right, anyway, freezing this week. Is the person who holds the substitute board up? I mean, I know Chelsea keep re- recruiting <laughs> talent over experience, but this is getting ridiculous. I mean, the guy's on work experience. He's not putting the right numbers up. And Potter's too nice to tell him. I mean, he's supposed to put 30 up and he puts 23 up. So, <laughs> so, yeah, not happy with him. Uh, not happy with the substitute board, man. A bit of, in the last few games, especially against Leeds at home, it really was... Uh, a bit manic. It was a bit uh, Benny Hill at times, a bit com- comedic, but yeah, not good at all. He's, fr- he's, 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 you know, he can barely do the numbers. It's freezing. So, uh, yeah, not good. Tepid. I'm going to put Graham in there. I'm going to put Graham Potter in, in, in Tepid. He's, he's a cloudy afternoon in Hertfordshire, isn't he, in March? He's, 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 he's tepid. He's, he's nothing special. He's not, he's not freezing as a manager. You can't say he's a bad manager. And you can't say he's a great manager. I, I think you can say he's a bad manager, but sorry, mm. carry on. All right, no worries. 
But he he shows his potential. You know, he gives us. You know, he, he um he shows off shows that he can. You know, he's got a bit of potential, bit of fight for the club, bit a bit of talent as a coach, and then he just does some really b- bizarre in-game management. Um, yeah, just just not good. Just nothing. Just a bit meh, really, with Potter and. He's really going to have to fix up and really put the kettle on in terms of the temperatures to uh, appease a fan base because, you know, if we keep getting diched, I mean, I think what's keeping the fans hanging on at the moment is that we're in the Champions League. If we had that result and we weren't in the Champions League, I think it would have been a lot uglier, actually. I mean, obviously, if we weren't in the Champions League, he'd probably be out of a job, to be fair. But, um, yeah, tepid Graham. I was just saying about whether you enjoyed the Graham Potter glow-up. Wasn't he wearing his... uh... Yeah, oh, I didn't... Oh, thank you for reminding me, mate. The turtleneck, um, what was it called, anti-curse, or the good luck charm, is gone. He wore the turtleneck, and he got diched, you know, by the, the suit and tie diched. So that even if he wears a turtleneck now, we might not even win. So that's gone. So I don't know what he's going to do next, but wear a clown outfit or something. But, uh, yeah, no good. <laughs> even a turtleneck's gone, so no good. Anyway, next warming up is Felix. I thought Felix, um, there's actually been a lot of um, uh, uh, news this week that he, that Bowley and Potter are in love with him. And that, you know, the £85 million, pounds, uh, well, it's not released because I think he's been, we can basically get him for 80, 85 million quid, which is pretty hefty in my book. But um, apparently they're, they're in love with him and he's he odds on to stay in the summer, which, uh, you know, we can uh, debate. I mean, what do you think about that, actually, Felix? Do you, would you like him to stay? I'm indifferent about Felix, to be honest, in terms of him, him staying. I, and probably wait till the end of the season to make a proper conclusion on that. And I think we'll have the time to do that. And Kunku is definitely coming. He's definitely signing for us. And just in terms of what we want to do going forward, whether we can play a formation that involves both of them, if we can't do that, then I think he, he I wouldn't sign him because I don't think we need him and Kunku to play the same position and sort of back each other up or think yeah. we, we could it doesn't really fit properly to spend that amount of money on two players if they're going to play the same position. So yeah, we need to evaluate that and obviously evaluate if we're going to have a new manager potentially by to, to start next season. We'll, we'll see that depending on how this season finishes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Craig. I think we need to make an assessment at the end of the year. At the moment, I think it's, it's up and down. I think there's definitely a place for him. I think he, he shows something that we haven't really seen before, which is great with, technical skills and dribbling and seeing a pass. Shame he, he couldn't stick more of the his chances in, in the goal. I think maybe people's opinion might be a little bit better. But yeah, there's there could be a place for him. Eighty five million's difficult to digest, but um yeah, he's is I yeah, I'm on the fence still probably with him, but good good yeah. goal and good performance on Saturday. So that's, that helps his cause. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, he's been close and he could have had a few goals, but he's, he's G, he's G slash A is, like, really concerning. I mean, in terms of, like, it's similar to what we already have. So we, we need, you know, killers in that regard. I mean, it's, I think if you have him beside a, a striker who's getting 25 goals a season, great. But, like, if he's playing force nine, then he's, like, expected to get the goals. Um, not as good. But I, I thought, you know, he's a bit of a Spanish matador, isn't he? he like, you know, he gets the crowd going. And at a time when the club, like, things are quite bleak into, on the pitch, it is good that, you know, he gets the crowd up, gets them going. And he's, he's a very, like, flair player. And I think, I think that's good. But, like, in, in terms of the other parts of the game, which we talked about before, you know, pressing and off the ball, he's not great. So, I, I, like Craig, I'm, I'm indifferent to, uh, you know, to, to him staying. But uh, I'll say he's warming up after his performance on 
Saturday. I am going to do a boiling hot, which is probably pretty controversial, mainly for the reason I don't think have we done have we put Wesley in boiling hot yet? Yeah, I think did I not put him in boiling hot last week? Oh, okay, well I'm going to do it as well. I thought again sitting up high. I keep I keep talking about that, but sitting up high, I was really watching him because I was really interested in you know how he's going to fit in in that in our defence. He just positionally is really good. Just like a really energetic player, obviously extremely intelligent. Bit of Rudiger 2 vibes in some sense. He's not the same type of player, but you know, uh, did you see that marauding run up the pitch into their half? A lot of mm. energy. He's got a bit of bite about him. I could see, I actually see him being like a maybe even a captain or a vice captain. He's got seems to love Chelsea. Just really like like Enzo, just really slotted into the club like really really well. And um, I mean, he was so hot he had to go off of an ice pack at the end of the game. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is a concern with Fafana is his injuries for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, but look, I think he's only out for ten days, so hopefully he'll be back um, uh, for Villa. But we'll see. We've got good cover there anyway in defence. Uh, I'm a bit gutted for him because I know he was involved in the France yeah, yeah. national team for the first time. So, so it's yeah. a shame. Yeah, but I, I think honestly, because he was a little bit forgotten because obviously he's a big signing under Tuchel. Um, but he's come in and he's done really. Fa- I think he's exceeded expectations. So well, he's looking a... like an eighty million pound centre back, which is which yeah, is what he yeah. is. So yeah. So um, yeah, just uh, but usually he spends eighty million pound and you know it doesn't go too well like Maguire, let's say. So we probably got the the right the right left to sell there. But yeah, good. I'm, I mean, in terms of a final, I think he deserved the boiling hot because I think he I think he just turns a lot like Enzo. You could put you could put Enzo in there, but just returning out, fantastic, really good performances week on week. So very happy with Wesley. I think you've taken half the team now. Mm. Uh... <laughs> I don't want right, to go well, first, mate. Going last this week will not be fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I did have a final boiling hot, so I'll have to change mine. But yeah, I'll, I'll do, I've got one for i got two for the freezer i guess um oh one of them i'd actually put in the freezer when i saw the team sheet uh christian pulisic absolutely abysmal <laughs> never thought he was going to play well when i saw him his name nah. i knew he was going to start someone like pulisic in the game he Potter just does these things i think i mentioned it on the podcast last week but i could see it coming a mile off and then he played and he was poor which I just put my summary of Pulisic is very poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. You don't need to look at the stats. It's just awful. I mean, you can set your watch to like a six point five rating on Footmob, can't you? You, you? you just know it's coming. You know, you know, you know the orange is coming. He's never getting a green in Footmob or any other uh, of your apps. Yeah, it's always coming. I don't know what he's. He he looked quite. You know, he's quite promising when he first came under Lampard. Like he looked much quicker. He doesn't yeah. look that quick anymore. He, he, I, I mean, I mean, obviously, um, in terms of uh, Potter's post, um, his, his presser after the game, he said that you know he calls him CP as well, which is very chummy, and, and that's kind of alarming because it feels like oh, it's yeah. like he, he likes him. Oh, CP! So, oh god, he's staying, isn't he? But anyway, um, he said that he could he could dribble in tight spaces and he could play the wide ten. And Liam Tooney on their po- podcast, Straight Out of Cobham, that I spoke about earlier, he said that maybe he was ch- selected because he can. Dribble in tight spaces. I mean, Mudrick can dribble in tight spaces, so I don't understand. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen him play. So, I mean, I think Mudrick can dribble. <laughs> I mean, Potter said that we need a dribbler. I mean, you've got an eighty million dribbler. You've got, you know, we've got one hundred twenty million worth worth of dribblers on the bench, mate. I mean, he's, I don't know why. He's... Another one that I don't think anyone will be fussed if he leaves in the summer. So, I don't want to see him play. I want to see the players that I think are going to be here for a while play. And yeah, that yeah. that isn't Christian Pulisic. 
I, I said this before when we had Havertz and Ziyech up front. I've seen this. I've seen this before, and it wasn't very good. And I've seen this movie before. I've seen this movie before. It's, not, it's <laughs> crap. <laughs> you watch, and that's Pulisic and Havertz up front. I was like, I've seen this yeah, before. It's just not very good. Yeah. It's so when weird you, what's happened since the international. But, yeah, since the World Cup, where we were going to sell Ziyech and then we didn't, and then he was starting for us for sort of the three or four games, and now we <laughs> and now we can't even get on the bench. Like it's so, I don't know what is going on. I, I, it's so confusing. Everything's so confusing. I mean, yeah, it's we like you have to get... need the season to end and like the players to leave and just do us all a favor. So my other one for the freezer is Engolo Kante, who has. <laughs> He was what? on the bench and was completely frozen out of giving any game oh, time, yeah, right, yeah, right, which yeah. I thought was absolutely ridiculous. We've been waiting to see him. And the best player you can bring on five or ten minutes to go when you need to hold a, a, a win is someone like him. Perfect player to bring on. Nowhere to I guess he just had no intention of playing him in that game. And that this yeah. game was sort of used as a, a runner, run out to... To a match routine or whatever to, to get in the habit of of warming up and how it's going to be on a match day and and there, there was no I'd intention. I'd rather have people on the bench who can come on and if you've got Kante on the bench, you you put him on. I mean, right. I'm not I'm not too fussed about him taking ZX spot on the bench because <laughs> don't want to see ZX on I either. Mean, so. He put he put Kovacic's number off your right. Here we go, number eight for number seven, and he's put in the old RLC. I mean, oh, I just, I just, I, can't it. It just uh, I, I completely forgot he came on. He's someone just, needs to send Potter a memo. He only, came, he only came on in the eighty-seventh minute or something. Like, no, it was eighty-first. No, he got like, yeah, he got, he got ten minutes. It was at last the end. ten minutes. You wouldn't have Sorry. known. He just sort of, he sort of just blends into the background, off to streak. That's what I mean. Someone's got to. Tell I actually didn't think Kovacic had a very good game either. On, uh, oh really? On yeah, I agree. Yeah, he was poor. Um, Especially I'll do. First half. So warming up for me. Reese James, he suddenly, after Everton equalised, he he woke up from his slumber yeah. after his injury and he got in the game. It was all happening down the right. Lovely. Crosses coming in, movement, tricks, skill. He won the penalty. I mean, could have done with that a lot earlier, but yeah. fantastic. And I, I can't wait to see if he's going to play like that more often. Well, it'd treat. be nice to, to let him off the leash or whatever they're doing with him in, in, in fullback. They're asking him to not cross the halfway line for half the game, so I don't really know. Do you think it's tactical or do you think it's him playing with himself? I, I think it's tactical, personally. I, I think Potter is... Uh, he, he likes to have one full wing-back forward sort of getting in behind and one... The balance of that is to have sort of a narrow one the other way. In the same way, when we had Kukurea there, Reese was really getting forward as well. I understand that in a four... But in a back three, in a three-four-three, yeah. I thought they'd done that. I, well, I think they did take the handbrake off, like Chris said, when it went one-one, and both fullbacks or wingbacks got forward. But I think before that, you could see he was on—he's very restricted, and also playing inverted as well um, in the game. So it's one thing I liked after we—I know they scored at the end, um, but we—we—we we, we had about three corners at the end of the game, lots of pressure, you know, slight half chances. But where was that? That's the urgency yeah. we need in the first minute. It, it all just seems to come at the end, like. I don't get that, and this is—we need to see more of it. We need to see that energy much earlier. And I, I was pleasantly surprised with Rhys James's performance in the second half. I, was I like think there was a little bit of uh, we've won three in the bounce. Here we go, potable. And I think they just took their eye off, off. I think they took their foot off the pedal a little bit on Saturday. Personally, I think they thought they'd roll over everyone, and we did, didn't we? And we all we all predicted threes and fours. 
And it was yeah, four I mean, pounds. It, it just comes down again. It's the manager's responsibility to motivate the players. If he feels yeah. like they're not performing at the, that level that they need to be at to win a game like this, then he's, he's got to be up there, you know, shouting and, and getting them going. Like, there's no point sitting on the sideline. And and to be fair, he doesn't ever say this anyway. He always says, um, "What's his what's his quote?" Potter, the, the, I, thought the players gave every, I thought the players gave everything. So, <laughs> you know, that's just not, you know, always true. So I, I don't know why he always says that. But the when they're not, it's, it is his responsibility to, to get them going. Yeah. I thought we started the game really well, though. Like, you know, Kovacic had that yeah, volley I'm, at the beginning and yeah. stuff. It, so there, it was there. It just it, it just isn't enough. It sort of didn't just really have many big stuff. chances in the game, though, which is a bit worrying, isn't it? I mean, we just we seem to just sort of plod, plod around and just like, just like sort of accumulate XG by like a a tenth for a uh, you know a quarter sort of thing. We don't seem to generate loads of big chances. So yeah, yeah, I think uh, we saw enough of Havertz's heading ability for a lifetime. Right, Craig, you've got. I didn't have a boiling heart because it got taken. So on to you. Oh, fair play. So in the freezer is. Kaladuka Labali oh, and Kepa. Both of them are in the freezer. can't save anything. They had three shots on target and they scored two goals. Useless. His distribution in the game was hopeless, <laughs> the, 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 leading to the, the second goal. He doesn't fill me with any confidence. Doesn't come again, conceded from a corner where the balls landed just outside the six yard yeah. box. You know, just I don't. Kepa's not good enough to 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 be a goalkeeper for a top club, and, and we all know that. Uh, so yeah, just uh, let's move on from him, please. In the summer, I really, really hope. Kalidou Kulabali, another player, not good enough to play for Chelsea. He's, he's had a couple a, a decent run in the last three weeks where he hasn't been the worst player on the pitch. Uh, on uh, Saturday, he was the worst player on the pitch for us again. D- very disappointing. Ellis Sims is not a good player. That you you can't be getting beaten one on one by him ever. That that shouldn't happen ever. There is no good defenders in the world that ever get beaten one on one by Ellis Sims. So he he's not at the level required to, to be a top player for us. Unfortunately, he's already thirty one. He is got no ceiling in in the future going forward. He's only going to get worse. And even in this central role. Where Silver is, he, he he's he's nowhere near Silver to start with at this role. And even though he's been performing well in the in the last few weeks, I, I really 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 hope he goes in the summer because I I don't want to see him play games for us and cost us goals in the future. And that's exactly what will happen in the next four years if he plays the length of his contract for us. Is he will have some good games and then he'll cost us a key goal in a key moment because he, he's not a good enough player. So that's my little rant on on Kulabali and he he's wow. in the freezer. Shots fired. That was brutal. And Captain yeah. Kepper also. Captain yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, just a bit more talk about Koulibaly. Liam Tooney said that, you know, he's too aggressive. He falls into traps. So basically, he kind of like had a bit of a head rush and goes to it. He's kind of like the opposite of Silva. Because obviously, Silva knows his limitations physically to give himself space. Yeah, this moment at the end of the game, that's not a moment, obviously, to be aggressive in a one-on-one. You're a covering defender when we're 2-1 up with three minutes to go. Just 
show him the outside. So yeah. Like nip it past you. Like I've never seen, honestly, I've, I honestly haven't seen a centre back play for us. And I was critical of Chalobah with one on one defending as well. He wouldn't get beaten that easily by that. He's the worst one on one defender in a wide space and in, in, in space that I've seen play for us for a long time. I mean, just absolutely awful. And you just can't have that. You can't have a player because I'm, I'm envisioning uh, Vinicius Jr. or Benzema being one on one with him in a couple of weeks' time. I mean, it's really terrifying. It'll be three yards clear of him. Can I do, can I do a catastrophe at this point? <laughs> K2, the man mountain taken down <laughs> by Craig and frozen, a glacier. Yeah, me and Chris um, are joking. Craig's all business this week. Like, just not happy. <laughs> yes. not happy. <laughs> right, you must have some positives, surely. I'll go with warming up as the wingbacks as a duo. There's no oh, tepid. Nice. Warming up the wingbacks as a duo, finding the balance and, and maybe getting it through to Potter that we can actually play them both up the pitch at the same time. Maybe getting it through to him. We, we don't know. We might be getting there. But I thought we looked pretty good when they were both up there. So there may be some sort of progression in that. And, and I'll give that as a, as a begrudgingly give that as a warming up is, is the, the, the wingback duo, James and Chilwell. We, we unbeat, we're unbeaten with them starting, aren't we? Must be. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chill sure sure had the best uh, XGI. Not... Are we? Are we unbeaten with them? I don't know. I don't, I don't, this is an un, un, uh, <laughs> This is one of those things where Twitter has the little eye. This source has not been verified. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checked, but feels like it. had the best. Um, I actually bought Chilwa in an FPL, and we just let, let two goals into Everton. Classic. But uh, like he actually he had the best um, XGI and non-penalty in the game. Uh, could have could have definitely had an assist or a couple of assists. So yeah, I mean, Chilwell's looking really good. But I mean, they can just you know just bombs away down the wings. We can. That's what that was Tuchel's base. Just you know our attacking flair and you know our numbers. Just uh, Chilwell and James just down the wing, just like Robertson and Trent in you know in the prime years of their careers under under Klopp. So very similar. So when when they tick over. And they're playing well. The team just functions at a much higher level. So it's just about really unlocking them. And yeah, that's it really. Yeah, very good, the wingers. We look forward to seeing more of them fit. But it's funny that we bought loads of wingers and now we're playing wing-backs again. So bit, bit of a bit of a faux pas there from Todd, I think, in my opinion. <laughs> well, we definitely bought players for this 4-2-3-1, didn't we? And and yeah, that we gave maybe it a good didn't know that Maybe Bowley didn't know in, in soccer formations can change. <laughs> Speaking of things that can change, let's review the narrative. Oh, what a segue! That is great, isn't it? We've done. I think we've done about eight or nine pods. That's that's the best segue yet. Absolutely. So I'm going to play the clip of our our narratives, um, and then we're going to see who's who was closest. So here's the clip. What is the narrative as after? The 5.30 kickoff against Everton on Saturday the 18th of March. What is the narrative, Brady? Grandpa's gone. I think. Wow, be... he's gone already. I think he'll be gone. I mean, it's he'll, be ready, he'll, he'll already be gone, gone or he'll be gone? My, uh, I think he'll be gone. I think he'll be... I don't think we'll be... I don't think we'll go through versus Dortmund. And I think that will be... Whatever the Leeds result is, I think that if... Uh, we go out to Dortmund. I think he'll be gone. The only thing that might save him is that I do see that we have five home games in the next six. But I think he'll be gone. 
And I think, yeah, all the reports I'm hearing on Twitter is that in the next two, three games are crucial. Basically, that if we stay in the Champions League, he'll keep his job. I think he'll be gone. So uh, after that Everton get, or, you know, by that time, you think we'll have a new manager? Well, I think there'll be an in- interim manager of some sort. But, nice. Um, I think that Potter will be gone, yeah. Chris, what, what are you saying? In, uh, when, when the full-time whistle blows against Everton on Saturday, what's the narrative amongst the Chelsea fans and the media? I think it'll probably be the same as it is now. I think people will be... I don't think Potter will be gone, necessarily, at that point. I, I still think they'll wait till the, the summer to, to make that decision. But um, I think there'll be a case of maybe we may have won one or two games in that period and people will be thinking still not very good but at least we're not losing and not scoring goals so probably the same I would say I don't see the narrative changing too much in four games than it is already unless he'd have to win all four of those games like by you know three or four nil to to change anyone's opinion that quickly you know I'll I'll give my guess as well uh, as to what's gonna happen it'd be fun to review this one when we do the pod post Everton to to see you know where 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 we were at and 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 what we thought, but I think we'll um, draw or beat Leeds on Saturday. But I think the important game against Dortmund on that Tuesday, I think we'll win. I don't think Dortmund are very good, and I think we will win that game and we will qualify for the next round. And I think Leicester's a tough game again. We'll, we might draw or something, but I think we'll beat Everton at home. So I think the narrative around Graham Potter heading into that international break will be things are looking up. We've got a Champions League tie to look forward to. We've got Villa at home when we get back from the international break. And I think the narrative around Chelsea Football Club will be looking a lot more rosy and a lot more positive come that time. So during that clip, Brady, you had a a Dortmund loss. I've not been looking forward to this. Potter's sacked and we have an interim manager. Not quite. I think we can can just move on. that's, that's, That's what most of the fans want. So, <laughs> so it, 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 I'm Get, guess the what guess the what we want in four weeks. Yeah, four yeah. Years. Is that what said or? Yeah, well, all right, fair enough. My, narr- <laughs> my narrative is pretty dodgy, a bit of a dodgy Hollywood script. Probably get rejected by Spielberg and then them lot. But uh, I did, I did think at that point that um, we lost the Spurs two 0 and we, I watched it with you, Craig, and it was just, I mean, it was dire, wasn't it? Spurs away, the ZH getting get, getting sent off, and then you you get brought back <laughs> on, and then. Oh, God, it was awful. I mean, we've had some awful performances. Arsenal away early in the season, Newcastle away, Spurs away. Oh, But yeah, I really thought that if Leeds scored first in that game, the team would crumble. Um, we just played a Leeds team that was quite um, insipid and like, didn't really attack us that, that, that day. And uh, we got a set-piece goal. And then obviously the Dortmund game, we we you know we, we, pulled, we pulled through. So um, and we got a bit of luck, obviously, with a penalty. So he had a big week, Potter. But... Um, I mean, we all know that like it's maybe it's a ticking time bomb, essentially, unless things really turn up. So maybe a bit of a delayed narrative, let's say. Okay. So, <laughs> well, all right. You tried to justify I, that. I was wrong. All right? Sometimes <laughs> you're, like, you're wrong. A delayed narrative. <laughs> oh, like, eventually, eventually, oh, eventually, here, are guys, here are the guys who were right. Oh, brilliant. Oh, Five years later, it's like, I told you you'd be sacked. Oh, God. Grow up now. It's the guys who were right. Brilliant. Go on, go and gloat. Gloat. Well, let's let's see who got closest. So my 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 narrative was all around Potter not being sacked. Obviously, uh, I'd say we win some games, but I don't think it'd still be very good. And people's opinions haven't really changed of Potter and 
be happy that we're not losing, I guess. Um, and we scored some goals. I think that's... Is that on the money? I don't, I don't think you quite nailed it, no. But it was, yeah. it was close-ish. I think it was probably one of the closest. I think it's one of the closest. Yeah. Uh, Craig, Alfred. yours was... You, 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 you were determined we were going to beat Dortmund, which absolutely spot on. Yeah, you were also determined we were going to beat Everton at home. Not quite. But you did, um, uh, you did say draw to Leicester. So, if so you, yeah, just swap them round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're only good at your last game, though, apparently. He said things are looking up, but we'll be looking forward to a Champions League tie, Villa at home, and be a lot more rosy and positive. I think a mix between uh, the brothers is probably a good one, right? Yeah. Just leave me out of it. I'm out in the cold. Probably I think I did the best job of, of predicting me. the results. So. Maybe. Probably 80% me, 20% you. I mean, there is definitely a more positive... I mean, there is a more positive feeling about Potter because everyone was like, you know, he's absolutely hopeless. And now it's a bit... Now there's actually a bit of a divide, I think, in uh, in terms of the fans and definitely online of, like, Potter in, Potter out. I I think Chris did a good job of keeping it very, very vague so that he could sort of... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wasn't... wasn't He's just loading the shotgun for this pod. So many (laughs) shots fired. (laughs) We'll have to come back to the narrative in the future for another one, but... Yeah, are we going to do another one this season or...? Yeah, yeah. That, that'll be that'll be a section coming up. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that one for for next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, guess the guess the narrative part two. Maybe maybe end of the season or maybe a Champions League tie. I don't know. Let's see. Dude, we'll, we'll work something out. I've but, got I've got to redeem myself anyway. Well, you can redeem yourself in, uh, by giving well, us a quiz. Well, you say that. But uh, just a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, you know, ca- uh, asterisk. Last week, I may have missed a couple of Chelsea Everton players. Who, who oh, here we go. Uh, so <laughs> I have actually recruited one of my good friends, Jack, who Craig and I know. Um, he's a bit of a football geek, and he was like, "Oh, you missed one." I was like, "Oh, so th- I've got a few people in the old research department now. So don't worry." R and D. R and D. The quiz now is water tight. There's no Titanic around here. Watertight, <laughs> absolutely, and absolutely uh, amateur hour before. Yeah, it was a bit. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit amateur hour, but you know, you know, we're learning. It's a new pod, you know. But by, by, by you know, by number fifty, it would be absolutely solid. The the players that we missed were you never would have got. We would have been here all night. Terry Phelan and Graham. I would have got Terry Phelan. Yeah, okay. It says in hindsight, but yeah, Terry Phelan. I'd have got Graham Gra- Stewart as well. Well, I would have got that too. Well, what can we do? We would have been. <laughs> We would have been here all night with uh, John Spencer, anyway. So, uh, but this week I actually verified it with the uh, my new R and D department. So this one is solid, and unfortunately we are in the midst of an international break. So this one is international themed. So, exotic. Can you name the six Chelsea players who have been in the last three England World Cup squads? Mason Mount. Ding! One. Rich James. Uh-uh. No, I don't think he... he Wait, sorry. This is, this is Chelsea players in the... Last three England, England World Cup squad. So 2014, 2018, 2022. There's one player who was in two different squads. But in total, there's six players. So you've got one, Mount. From the current Chelsea squad now. 
No, no, no. No, no, no. Chelsea players. <laughs> Chris is struggling with this one. Chris, Chelsea last... players have been in the Sterling. England squad. Raheem, Raheem Chris... Sterling. Raheem Sterling, yeah. Ding! Two out of six. I know Chris is a massive, massive England fan. And, yeah, and I was really going to say, Chris, it. I thought this would be your, your territory, pal. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to work out the question. Okay. <laughs> <Can> you... <laughs> this is water tight. Can you name the six Chelsea players who have played in the last, or six Chelsea players in general who have played for Chelsea, who were in the last, at the time, okay, in the last six, three World Cups, there have been six <laughs> Chelsea players who were a Chelsea player at the time who have played, been in the squad. There you go. John Terry. Uh-uh. Frank Lampard? Ding! 2014, Frank Lampard. So you got Frit. You got three out of six. Hmm. You need one from well, one from the most recent World Cup, one from 2018. God, who's the one from the most recent one, Chris? Ch- no, Chilwell wasn't. Gallagher? Gallagher! Ding! Yeah, he's called it, it, yeah. the 60-minute man. No, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's the thirty-minute man. But yeah, yeah, yeah. For, on at sixty minutes, I mean. Yeah, on at sixty. Yeah. And then you, you've got you've got two basic. Well, there's one that was in the 2014 and 2018 squad, but there's basically two that are in the 2018 squad. Does this go back as Ashley Cole? Or, 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 no, it's not 2018. Yeah. I think he was. He was. He was. One still plays for the club, and one I think has retired. Ruben Loftus Cheek. Ruben Loftus Cheek. Ding. <laughs> Our times have changed. In 2018, Ruben Loftus Cheek was one of the well, the, the biggest talents in English football, and uh, hasn't quite gone well for him. Obviously, he had the horrific injury. All jokes aside, and that obviously really affected his career. But yeah, Ruben Loftus Cheek, and they're the last one. Is this a tough is this one? A, is this a goalkeeper? So so. No, it's not a goalkeeper. You love him, Chris. A defender. Oh, K- Mark- Cahill, Garrett, Garrett Cahill. Gary Cahill. Gary Cahill. Ding. Nice. Six, six. As you've got that quite quick, I was quite quickly. I have also got a bonus question. Ooh, bonus yeah. question. Bonus question. Which player who was in the 2014 squad later became a Chelsea player? Now, this is not Raheem Sterling. There's another one. So Sterling was in that squad. But there's another player other than Raheem Sterling who was in the 2014 club, in the 2014 squad, sorry, was playing for another club, but later joined us. He was about 21 years old at the time. Does he play for us now? Sorry. Recently left the club. Oh. Ooh. Bit of a running joke in our WhatsApp group. Running joke? What, Hudson Adoy? No, he, he was never selected. Victor Mori? <laughs> Tomori, the 2014 squad. I think Tomori's like 24. Oh, I see. He would have been 14. Cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that out. Give me a second. So he was, if he's, about, he's, he's knocking on 30 now. At the time, he was about 21. Danny Drinkwater. Uh-uh, good guess, though. Oh, that was a good guess. You're in the right area of like awful signings for Chelsea. Ross Barkley. Ross yes. Barkley. Give that man a beer. It's uh, it's drinks himself. 
Oh, drinks. Sorry, what we calling chips, didn't we? Chips, because he spilled <laughs> chips in the taxi and they kicked him. Chips, yeah, Ross Barkley. <laughs> when he spilled yeah. chips in the taxi for the taxi, he he, <laughs> he didn't he couldn't pay for because he had no cash or card on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Ross Barkley, I was actually a real emerging talent uh, in 2014. Really, a lot of hype around him. Uh, the same as. Uh, Lost his cheek in 2018, so it shows you how times, you know, careers can turn, unfortunately. But yeah, that was our England international related quiz. Watertight. Fantastic. Thank you. I look forward to hearing the rest of the answers next week. (laughs) 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 That was good. That was good. That was good. That was good. Okay. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Uh, regardless of well we don't have a result so regardless of the international break results for England against Italy and Ukraine we will be back next week for more updates on all things ESCR you can follow us on Twitter at EatSleepChelsea and Instagram at EatSleepChelsea repeat as always we hope you're carefree wherever you may be and thanks for listening <laughs>